Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Good evening, Mets fans. Good evening, Mets fans. Today we'll be discussing the possible um, call down for uh, Jed Lowry, and he will be making his uh, Mets debut tomorrow on Friday. And also be discussing the the continuous struggle of the Mets offense and how we can fix it. All right, guys, welcome to uh, this episode of the Amazing Mets Podcast. Today, I am uh, Tim Kunnamakin, unfortunately, so I'm joined by Andrew. And so we're, um, you know, it's only going to be quick. I'm still in 30 minutes to a 6 or 7. So we're only going to have two topics. Um, like you read in the episode description, it's going to be... All right, sorry about that. We have this has some technical difficulties. So like I was saying, um, today Tim couldn't join us, so we're having Andrew join the show. It's just going to be a quick 30-minute episode, 6 to 7. We're going to be talking about who's going to be called down when, once Jedi is going to be called up and why and how Jedi is going to you know, impact that in the lineup for us. And then also the second half of the show, we're going to talk about the next offensive struggles. That'll also put into the Jed Lowry's portion, how, how he could possibly fix that. Who is the culprit for the Mets doing so bad? Is it Mickey Calloway? Is it Brandon Nimmo? Or is it Ronson Cano? All that and more will be coming up. So, first off, like I said, Andrew's joining us. So, Andrew, you know, Joe Lyra is going to be called up most likely tomorrow from his um, rehab program. Who do you think the Mets should uh, call down and why? Um, um, I think they should bring down... Uh, Nemo, honestly, give him a few up after the minors just to get a swing, right? Yeah, that's um, no, that's a good thing, but that's that's a good idea. But I feel like why bring down Nemo when you could bring down Keon Bronson, you know? Because you know Nemo, you know he's, you know he know like we know what he can do. Like Bronson is still unproven, so I feel like um, you know Nemo's struggling, but you know every player struggles. You know even the best players in the league struggle. So I feel like we should just stick with him. And, um, you know, I feel like we have to, you know, work it out with Nimmo. I feel like we should continue batting him lead off. Um, do you think that Keanu Bronson is still a vital piece to the Mets with him struggling? Or do you think it's um, or do you think it's almost like this is what we're going to gather from him all year round? Or do you think he can pick it up? Um, when they first traded for him, I thought they would be able to fix him. And it's, it's not looking like they're able to. So I don't. I think they were banking on him to be a solid bench guy, and it's just not working out for them. 
Yeah, you know, a lot of people were optimistic when Keop Bronson, when we traded for him. But I, I always skeptical because everyone was like, you know, this guy's a 30-30 player. But, um, you know, I, I wasn't a big fan of him when he was in Milwaukee. But, you know, he's, he brings life to the team, brings life to the clubhouse. You know, he's always on that railing. But, you know, do you think, um, you know, Joe Lowry, where, where do you see him also now with, you know, that means Frazier's not going to start. Where do you see him in the lineup, um, Joe Lowry? Um, I, I'd i put him in the two-hole right now. Move Rosario back down in the lineup, put Lowry in the two-hole right behind McNeil. So then what would your, like, what would your lineup be from one to nine? Uh, McNeil, Lowry, I'd have Cano third, Alonzo four, Comforto five. Sixth. Um, this is where it starts getting weird. Uh, I'd have Ramos sixth. Probably Rosario no, seven. And Nemo eight until he figures things out. Honestly, it's not weird. Um, my, this is... I'll, I'll talk about my lineup, but then I'll tell someone else to say. Um, my lineup will probably be most likely Rosario or Nemo leadoff. I don't like Brandon McNeil leadoff because the guy brings in runs. He but He's second in the league right now, batting average, behind Cody Bellinger, who's having just a monster year. He's batting 402. If everyone else was just having a normal year, McNeil would be miles ahead of everyone. But so I'd go um, probably Rosario, then um, – Rosario and Nemo, or we'll go Rosario. Rosario, we'll go Rosario. You know, he said Lowry bat second. I feel like he'll still, uh, he'll most likely bat there, just because he's a switch hitter and dude don't have to worry about, you know, if it's a righty or lefty on the mound. So, yeah. So we'll go Rosario, Lowry, Cano, and then I'm gonna bat um, Peter Alonso fourth. I'm gonna bat McNeil fifth. I'm gonna bat Ramos sixth. Seventh, we'll go to who have I not said. Seven will go to Conforto. There we go. And then eight will go to Nimmo. So, yeah, or what we can do is bat Nimmo ninth and bat the pitcher eighth. Uh, that's two. So, also, do you think Todd Frazier is a possible call down now that I feel like some people are saying that he's, you know, obviously he's been struggling and that Larry's taking his place? Do you think that there's a possibility he's called down? Do you think the front office is considering that? I don't think they're consider- I think they should consider it, but I don't think they are because I don't. I just don't think he'd be very happy being a minor league player, and I don't think they think he's a minor league player either. Yeah, it's, uh, I, can, I can agree with you on that. He's pretty much, uh, yeah, I feel like he's too talented of a player. Yes, he's he's streaky like Conforto, but also you, now that you said, you you were talking about Nemo before, um, called down, can you just you know, elaborate on that more? Like why do you think he should be called down and not someone like Bronx and a Frazier who's struggling? Um, I, Nimmo had like one good year before last year. He wasn't, he wasn't even a, he wasn't even a guarantee on the roster. So I don't know if he's, uh, last year was like a one year wonder thing, but I feel like, uh, Broxton and Frazier are more of guys that are like not too late to be fixed, but I think Nimmo, there's a better chance that setting Nimmo down would benefit more. Yeah. Yeah, um, I I understand that you know I think you know Nimmo was um, a breakout player of um of last year, but I feel like you know he's still young, he still hasn't hit his prime yet. Um, the one thing is though, he is a fan favorite, so I don't know how the fans at least um, at least for me, you know I've I've enjoyed Nimmo play because he plays a heart and hustle, something that especially when people get their people get when people get their checks, they often lose. 
So it's it's nice to see people like McNeil or Zario, um, Alonzo, Nimmo who are hustling and are trying to get that payday. And um, you know, it's it's a it's a refreshing, you know, team compared to uh, someone like you know, not 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 knocking on the guy uh, Harper or someone like Stanton or even even Albies and Acuna who players start to almost turn off once they get their money. So you know, hopefully that doesn't happen, especially those brave guys. But you know, it's it's refresh it's refreshing to see them, especially because besides Cespedes, who really is on the DL and Cano we traded for, so besides them, no one's making too much money. So, on the ground, obviously, but it's exciting to see a young team out there trying to prove themselves. So, um, you know, do you think, you know, because like you know, we also called up Dom Smith today. Do you think um, also Dom Smith is a possible? Or do you think the Mets will call him down because? You know, I feel like the Mets already were going to, and we already know the Mets are trying to send him down. So, do you think maybe Smith is a possible? Uh, do you think that's possible they'll bring him down instead? I think it was a stupid idea at the at the time because he was the only lefty off the bench. But now that Larry's going to be back, and he's another possible guy that could come off the bench if he's not starting, or have, just be another lefty in the lineup. I think that they they might consider it for that reason. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Um, also, with Rosario, obviously with his defensive struggles, you know, the Mets had like 18 hours last year. The Mets already had like 10, 15. You know, do you think that because you know Lowry's played a little bit of shortstop, do you think there's a possibility that the you know the Mets say let's say start Keon Bronson in center and they put McNeil in third and maybe Lowry at short? Do you think that's a possibility too? With you know Lowry's um you know he's not spectacular but he's if he's consistent defensively, he's next possibility. Um, I think that uh, the only reason they would do that is to give Rosario an off day. I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, bench him just to bench him. I'd only sit him if he needs a day. Yeah, because the one thing is, you know, the Mets. Obviously, we knew we were gonna have some defensive problems with McNeil and left, but that's where actually the problems haven't been coming from McNeil and left. McNeil's actually been one of our defensive plus sides this year. You know, it's come from, I feel like, Ramos behind the plate, you know, uh, Cano in second, and Rosario and uh, Rosario and uh, shortstop. So do you think now with Larry, especially, you know, in second, too, it was more um, thing. Do you think they'll ever, you know, because Cano hasn't been hitting the best either. Do you think there's a possibility where Lowry might, like, start a whole a week straight just just to, just to play defensively, more more defensively than Cano in second? Um, I don't think he'd consistently start over Cano just because his bat isn't as good as Cano's. Yeah, you know, because that's the thing. If the uh, if the Mets, you know, we traded for Cano, obviously, and we traded our our big uh, our big prospect Jared. Uh, I don't know, I'm someone a K. I don't even know. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce it and butcher it. But you know, we traded him, and he's been absolutely tearing up in the minors. I feel like, you know, the Mets, if let's say Lowry does get that edge or even anyone, McNeil, or they just decide to bench Cano because he's old and isn't very good defensively anymore, you know, do you think, you know, the Mets will look very dumb if he turns into a star. And even if he, you know, Edwin Diaz does perform really well, people are, you know, that that's just going to, that's just going to stink for the Mets. If, uh, you know, if they don't do good. So also, you know, now the problem is we have too many infielders, and, you know, <laughs> Larry, you know, the Mets signing Larry instead of signing, uh, 
you know, an outfielder like um, uh, Gio Gonzalez, you know, obviously didn't help that problem. So do you think you just assigning in general? Like, do you think like would you rather have like an would you rather have like an outfielder Gio Gonzalez, or do you think it's still a good signing? Looking back at a with his injury. Um, I think I still think it was a good signing because he's a switch hitter and you didn't pay a ton for him, and he's probably going to play third next year when full time when Fraser is a uh, free agent. Free agent. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, Fraser. I don't, I don't know what his future with the Mets is. It's most likely not on the Mets. You know, he's starting to turn into like almost a Wilmer Flores player where he's not he's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, he's not, like, good enough to be a starter. Almost in that – well, Fulmer has batted with a higher average. But then he's batted, like, that low 200. And, you know, people really aren't giving guys that hit 30 home runs. But, you know, bat 220, uh, you know, big contracts like they like they did 10 years ago. So, I, I don't know what um, Frazier's um, future is going to be now with Lowry on the team. You know, do you think there's a possibility, though, that you don't – with Lowry, maybe let's say Lowry comes up and struggles, obviously. Do you think there's a possibility that Frazier might be able to start over him at some point this year? Uh, I don't think he's going to end up starting over him. I think if Lowry struggles, uh, J.D. Davis will probably start at third. That actually um, reminds me, too. Do you think J.D. Davis could be called down? Because that's what the uh, – he's, he's actually the uh, – most likely a candidate for being called down just because we have so many infielders. Uh, I think there's a I think chance that's because a he, doesn't, he doesn't play anywhere besides third base. So. Well, J- well who, Fraser or J.D. Davis? J.D. Davis, right? J.D. Davis. You know, he, he, I'm, I'm sure most players could play first, but, like, you know, J.D. Davis has been a surprise um you know, surprise, um, surprise, can't speak it, surprise, uh, surprise benefit that made any sense to the Mets. You know, he's been, you know, he's been hitting while Frazier was out. Yeah, and he hit good, too, a lot of clutch hits. Um, he did struggle defensively, just adding on to that, like I said. Um, you know, but I feel like, I don't know, J.G. Davis, um, you know, I don't, I feel like he's not, I feel like Keon Bronson should be the guy who we, uh, we call down, not J.J. Davis. I agree. Um, we got to wrap this up. We have to go to a commercial. We'll be back after. Hi, this is Chris from Rattle Up. Join me this Friday at 8.30 Pacific Time, 11.30 Eastern, for a recap of how the D-backs week went, including a series against the Rays. We will also be discussing prospects the D-backs have and could use in the major leagues this year including guys like Josh Chisholm and John Duplantier, who has already had a few good outings in the major leagues. We'll also be discussing how the D-backs are overachieving with a record well over 500 that not many people saw coming. So remember to join us this Friday at 11.30 Eastern, 8.30 Pacific, for discussion about the Diamondbacks and their prospects and how their overall week and season so far have been. That is this Friday at 11.30 Eastern, 8.30 Pacific. All right, guys. We are back to our second part in Telly last part of the episode. 
we're going to be discussing obviously the offensive struggles, which has cost the Mets a lot of games. We're I believe three and three and ten in the last thirteen, and how we can fix that. We already we already talked about how Larry, you know, is going to help us out, especially in that two hole. And also, is this whose fault is this? Are we blaming the players? Are we blaming are we blaming maybe defensively where Larry too many runs, or are we blaming Mickey Callaway? You know, the man behind everything. So, you know, not to point fingers here, but Andrew, who 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 do you blame for this uh, for this uh, much struggles? Uh, I can't really point at anybody right now. There's a lot going on to blame for this, so I don't, I can't take one particular. Person. Well, what what about like just just generally like who well who are the who are some of the what are some of the things that you know haven't been too good for the match which are leading to losses. Um, I don't like the way Mickey Cowley is using his bench and pitch hitting, pinch hitting for pitchers who are pitching well with well over 100 pitches. Um, Wilson Ramos has not been good at all. And Michael Conforto has been really bad lately. Yeah, both, both of them started off the year. I'm very hot. Both staying over 350. But, you know, they slowed down this year. You know, Conforto streaky. I expected this. He's just a streaky player. Um, but Ramos, I was not expecting because – you know, he batted 301 last year, 15 home runs. You know, the guy is pretty much the Albert Pujols of catching. Um, you know, I, you know, the thing is, he was actually pretty good defensively um, last year. Uh, he had a bunch of base runners thrown out. The guy hit over 300, rarely struck out, hit for a decent amount at 15. And, you know, he's only hit one home run this year, and it's already May, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of nervous. Because that just as Ronda as we played Milwaukee this last series, he crushed us in that series. And um, everyone loved Ramos signing, but I wanted Grandal. So I feel like more and more, you know, this Ramos signing is looking worse and worse. Um, and, you know, he also pointed to Mickey Callaway. Point, um, he also pointed to Mickey Callaway, you know, with his uh, bench usage. And that's another, that's another, um, that's another point, good point. You know, we also didn't have Dom Smith, so I feel like if if they play if they placed Matt on the IL a couple of days ago, we would have had Dom Smith for those couple of games in San Diego, and he could have pinch hit in clutch situations, and we could have probably scored more runs. I don't know why they 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 didn't put him on the IL beforehand. So, you know, it's really just up to, up to what the Mets. Uh, up to what you know, the Mets and Mickey Calloway wanted want to do with uh, the bench, and you know, sadly, you know, sadly, it wasn't the right decision. Do you think? Um, you know, obviously, we talked about him before. But what do you think is almost? Do you think it's like? What do you think is bugging him the most out when he when he's when he's at the plate? Do you think it's like? Is he just like? Is he in a funk? Or do you think this is gonna happen all year? Who Ramos? Uh um yeah Ramos you, Ramos Nimo do you guys think this is like just a you know just like this you know you know May shower thing or or not the marshmallow whatever uh do you think this is just you know a little a little bump in the road or is is this uh, something we should be worried about um I think that uh it's happening because they're somewhat abandoning the um the game plan that was going into the season, which was, you know, play the small ball. And uh, I think they're trying to 
change because it's not working. It stopped working for a little bit, so they tried to, you know, abandon it. But I think they should have just um, stuck with it, and eventually it would have passed through. And uh, I just think it's yeah. going to take longer now. Because, you know, the thing is the whole mess, uh, the mess plan going into this year was pretty much, you know, the pitching was going to be good enough where they'd keep us in games. And if we'd score over, like, three runs a game, you know, we would uh, we would be in it. You know, but the problem was the first half of the year, it was scoring. The pitching wasn't very good. And then these past five games, five, ten games, the pitching has been absolutely phenomenal. I don't think we've had – we haven't allowed, like, four runs in these past um, five games, but the offense has just been abysmal. So, you know, I feel like we need, we need to we need to have both of them hot at the same time. You know, the pitching has been great, but the offense wasn't. The offense was great, but the pitching wasn't. We need to be – the Mets need to be more consistent as a – we need the Mets need to be more consistent as an organization with what they – excuse me, well, what they say, what they do, and what they plan on plan on doing. They say they want to contend, but they don't go out and get pitchers. You know, they don't offer – you know, they're not even an attempt to go get um, Gio Gonzalez when he was originally a free agent. And, you know, I feel like the Mets could could have done more. And just the Mets as an organization have been very inconsistent. And um, also, what do you think about the struggles for Conforto? Do you think those are going to fly by, or is that also something to be worried about? Um, I think eventually he'll get out of the slump. I don't think that uh, he'll be in it for much longer. I think he'll break out in the next series or two. Yeah, you you spoke about the next series. We're playing a, you know, very easy schedule. Um, Miami twice, Washington, Detroit. Do you think this is um? Do you think the Mets? Do you think the Mets are going to break out in these uh, next coming up series? Because if we were, it's going to be here. Do you think we're going to do it? Um, I definitely think this is the make or break point. Uh, it's it's early in the year, but it's still. If they're not over five hundred by at least a few games by the end of this, like, stretch they had, then I don't think they're uh, in for a fun summer. But I do think that they'll uh, they'll win two out of three or sweep against the Miami the few times they play them and Detroit. So hopefully that'll help. Yeah, you know, the Mets, at least when we played Washington and Miami, we played, we swept Miami, we won the series against Washington. So I feel like in my head, we can easily, and I feel like we will, sweep the Marlins both times. And like you said, we need to win the series against Washington. We got to win the series with the, we got to win the series with Detroit. Um, you know, and by then, as long as like you said, as long as we finish, it's like a couple games over 100 is the minimum I would accept. Because this is this is this is easy. It's going to get. We're only going. It's only going to be harder. You know, and the Mets had a really tough schedule. I get it, you know, it can be partially to blame for these, for this, you know, the struggles, but you know, now there's no excuses. Now now you're playing four under 500 teams, you know, probably all four of them are rebuilding because of Washington, who is going to be rebuilding next year. Well, that's what I think, but, you know, so there's no excuses. But do you think, you know, Washington's also been struggling? Do you think uh, they're still a force to reckon with going into the series? I definitely think they are because you know they'll still put up runs. They'll still put up runs. They have, they still have the best starting pitching in the 
in the East. So I think they're going to make it harder for other teams to win the division. I don't think they're going to win it themselves, though. Yeah, you know, it's such a close NL East. If you would have told me any of the four teams won it, I wouldn't be surprised. Obviously, I'd be happy if the Mets won, but, you know, if you would have told me, I wouldn't be surprised. But if you told me Philly won or Washington won, I'd honestly, I'd be a little surprised if Washington won. But if you told me any of the four teams won it, I'd be like, okay, you know, I was, I, I wouldn't say I was expecting that, but, you know, they really, it's all close. I, I wouldn't be surprised if all four teams went over 80 games for less than 90. It's just that close, you know. I've never, I've never seen something like this in baseball where a team is in third place right now, and we're only like three, three, four games behind Philadelphia. You know, and we're, you know, people say it's only May, but we've played almost forty games. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. So, you know, what about um, you know, the Mets also playing Detroit? Do you think, do you think those, do you think we should sweep them? What do you think we should just be looking for that, uh, you know, series win? Um, I think you look for the series win first, and then if you win the first two games, then they should def- if they uh, if they win the first two, they should definitely win the third. I I don't expect them to win the first two and then lose the third. Yeah, you know, that's just like I said before. It's only gonna get, uh, you know, it's only gonna get harder from here. And if the Mets don't win these games, like you said, it, you know, in my, in my, I don't want, you know, it's, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's the end because the Mets also had problems at the beginning of the year in 2015, and then we won the pennant. But we always do that every year, so, you know, not not winning the pennant, the the the, the slowing down in May and June. But, you know, as long as uh, as long as everyone's healthy, and which the Mets have been, uh, actually, I'm. Surprise and of how healthy the Mets have been. Just knock, knock on wood there. So you know they just got they got to stay healthy. You know the Mets, the offense and the defense need to be um, need to be going at the same time. You know I feel like the Mets get too comfortable once their offense does good, and the pitching gets too comfortable, or, and the offense gets too comfortable once the pitching does good. So the Mets, both of them need to be good at the same time, and. You know, you can't have, you know, you can't just have one of them doing good. And the, like you said, Mickey Calloway is, like, I liked him when they signed him, but well, when they, you know, when they hired him, but he's just been, like, defying his own logic. And um, so do you think Mickey Calloway could be one of the sources of the problems at least? Or do you think people are overreacting to what's going on with him? I definitely think he's one of the main problems because like you saw in that game against the Padres the other day. You know, you yeah. got two guys on and your number eight hitter up and he's the backup number eight hitter. You know, why not bring Ramos and he hasn't he I I'm pretty sure he didn't play game two either with that series. So why not bring him in, let him hit? Sure he's slumping but he's better than Tomas Nino. You know, um I I've read an article it was like, you know, the reason they picked him is because Nino was hot. It's just because he hit more than two hits in a week, apparently. I consider it hot for Nito, you know. But, like you said, you can't just he, – he, he, as long as he said he wants he to play who's hot, you know, when he played Nemo Ramos, then he'll defy his logic and then bench McNeil on, like, a five-hit game and bench Alonzo and bench Cano and all those guys after they have a good game. He, he makes absolutely no sense in his 
in his in his um in his arguments on why he does things, and you know shocks me sometimes on there's like sometimes the decision he makes in games will be like wow Mickey I didn't even think of that that was so smart and then like you know it'll pay off, and then he'll make another decision I'll be like what are you doing? And then even the announcers have criticized him on multiple multiple occasions um, about uh, about his decision making and who they're bringing in. To pinch hit and to pinch run, and you know, like you said, why not in that situation? Why not to bring in Ramos? And, you know, it's like he he'll say valid points, but then defy his own logic. Um, you know, later, and also, like you know, the one time the Mets often does good is when the pitching goes bad. So, do you think also maybe the pitching has some problems doing with um, uh, maybe? The pitching is to blame for some of these losses, I mean, especially the bullpen, or do you think it's purely offensive? I think it's mostly the offense, but, you know, the bullpen, I, I read this weird stat the other day that when the Mets are leading past the sixth inning, the bullpen's almost perfect. And they seem to only give up runs when the Mets are trying to make a comeback or getting blown out. They don't seem to be giving up leads that often. So you think that's like a, you know, maybe like a, is that, a, you think a mental thing, like almost it gets in their heads for the pitchers? Or do you think that, um, or do you think it's like almost the Mets giving up? Or is it just like this mental thing that they go through? I think it's uh, kind of like a giving up mentality because they feel like the game's almost over. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I understand. I get that. All right. So sadly, we ran out of time for this episode. Thank you, Andrew, for joining for joining me today. Well, while Tim was gone, um, don't forget, guys, use code um, BPN10 on StubHub. You know, it helps me out. It helps him out. If you know if he was here, it, it helps Benson. It helps all the other guys out from the podca- um, from all the other podcasts. So you know, even the smallest, even even just one purchase using our code helps. So you know, and it also it helps you guys too. So. If you guys could, that'd be amazing. Also, check out, um, you know, Baseball Network Instagram and check out. We have a shop. It's in the link. Check that out too. So, everyone, hopefully, everyone had a enjoyed us, enjoyed me and Andrew today, and everyone have a good day. Amazing Mets is produced by Benson Fector. Amazing Mets is a production of the Baseball Podcast Network. Be sure to give our host a follow on Instagram, Sal, at sal.mosca5, and Andrew, at MLB underscore chats. Follow the Amazing Mets on Instagram as well, at Amazing Mets Podcast. Follow the official Baseball Podcast Network social media accounts, Instagram, at Baseball Podcast Net, Twitter, at Baseball Podcast 1. That's P O D C A S 1. YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to Amazing Mets. We'll see you next time. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.